Hello. Hmm. That's what the button says. I'll click got it because I think I've got it. Whatever the hell that was trying to tell me. And yeah, okay. Is this new Skype? New, 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 new Skype. <sighs> I'm finally on it. It's the worst. Oh my God. You know, uh, you talked about the thing with, um, I'm having a terrible allergy attack. Um, you um, talked about the thing where on conference calls, uh, it's difficult, you know, the whole muting thing with many mm -hmm. people. And if you can't tell the state of the mute button, Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So first of all, now I've got I've got link. I got your link icon, your icon of link in the big window. I got your icon of link in a little window. And then if I mouse over, do I get instructions? I'm so proud, I'm so proud of you for calling my icon link. I, I'm you're I, forgetting to even do your your joke. You're so you're so overcome with allergies. Are you familiar with the concept of a hat on a hat? I am. <sighs> but um, okay, so. Um, uh, yeah. So okay. So there's a row of buttons. Ugh. This this you know this looks like a mock up in Swing. This doesn't even look done. Okay. You're so you're always bashing on Swing. Swing was the worst. There's one bad UI you toolkit early think about in your life, and you have, forever. No, and you, forever now it's just going to be like any bad UI you compare to Swing. Poor Swing. What what did Swing ever do for me? Yeah, it was garbage. But I'm just saying. Yeah, I know it's fair. It's a fair point. Um. Okay. So anyway, like, okay, so I opened this up and I was recording. I needed to mute probably to blow my nose, blow my nose. And mm -hmm. I, I was trying to figure out, I, I know from experience that the red button with the telephone, <laughs> with the seventies telephone on it mm -hmm. is probably disconnect the call. I see there's a buster through the camera. So I guess that means continue to not have video. Oh, I see. That's turn video on. Or does that mean turn video off? Well, yeah. And I think really <laughs> the, the big hit maker here is the microphone. On the mm -hmm. far left, there is a white background button with a 40s microphone on it. The best thing about these icons, you mentioned the 70s phone and the 40, 40s icon. So phones don't look like that anymore. And the people no. who remember them look like that are rapidly no one dying. No right? has seen a phone like that except on Mad Men. Right. But microphones today still do look like that because they make like the, you know, the Yeti, whatever thing. They make them look like those old style microphones. Right, right. So the microphone icon is going to, even though it's older in vintage, it will outlive that phone icon in usefulness. Okay, so if I hit this, okay, then I get, okay, then I get a buster through the 40s microphone. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, I know enough to mouse over and see if it says anything and I'm not in like a you know, high stakes environment here. I would not mm -hmm. want. Aren't air you? I would. <laughs> I was on time. I would not want an airplane dashboard with icons like this. No. Dashboard, cockpit, cockpit, dashboard, control panel. Hmm. So you got the uh, the buster. Is that like who you're going to call? Like, yes. is that why you're calling that? It makes me feel good. Yeah. All right. All right. You know, <laughs> it's been a it's been a busy week in the MPU, um, hasn't it? In the MPU, the Mac Power users. So close. The Microsoft Pony unification. Merlin Podcast Universe. Oh, has it? Has it been the, busy? Or, uh, affectionately known as the Merliniverse. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like I'm going to use that. I like that, John. Yeah, MPU the, is kind of taken, but Merliniverse is what people okay. call it. Merliniverse? Sure, sure. Merliniverse. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm into it. One of the things Just, that just so I we're thought, clear, John, I want to let our listeners know you're driving this week. 
We yeah. agreed that you're going to drive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I told <laughs> do you. Do I to sound remember. sick? I think I sound sick. You do. You sound congested. I and, had a uh, really rough night last night. <laughs> Professor yeah. Lupin's having a really bad allergy attack. It's very eventful. So I, I, I wanted to broach this topic, and you decide if whether you want to talk very nasally about it or not. I would. I'm, I'm already into it. You're driving. Uh, I'm over here doing the stereo. You, you drive wherever you want. You had, you had. It, you know, it's been two weeks since we recorded because that's the way we do what we do here. Yeah. You had an incident. Yeah. Yeah, I had uh, a bad incident. Yeah. Related related to podcasting. And I wondered if you wanted to discuss that. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I, I um as as you'll be able to understand after I've told you the tale, um, I have I, I offered I offered to record a mea culpa. I see, I thought it'd be fun. Oh, you know what? Let me describe let me describe <laughs> offered what to commit is. Harry Carey. Or is that what it's called? Seppuku. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Was that on the table from feudal Japan? (laughs) Right. I mean, it's the the honorable thing to do when you. All right. Okay. Let me describe what happened, and then I'll give you all the odds and sods and the footnotes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you really want this? Because I'm happy to tell you. I mean, like, I'm I'm more interested in the meta discussion of when things like this happen. Yes. How does it work? Than the the particular details of what happened this time. But I'm also kind of interested. Oh, John, I'm 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 covered in shame because it's it's so dumb. So long story short, uh, you'll we'll see. Um, a friend of the show, Max Tempkin, was going to come to my uh, my studio to uh, record an episode of Dubai Friday. Now, I, I've learned my lesson. I learned one lesson in the past, which is that there is some pokery jiggery involved. Whatever your DAW or whatever your like interface is, there is some pokery jiggery involved with recording two mics properly. And I know that there there's a variety of way, ways in which that's confusing. Um, I mean, in my case, like it required changing some dip switches on my um, USB Pre 2. Uh, there's there's some things, as we'll learn in a minute, there's some things that are uh, endemic to Skype itself that I I guess are a feature or a bug, depending on how you look at it. Long story short, I, pre- I planned ahead. I wanted to do a good job. You yeah, know? you prepared. Like we had a discussion about what things do you prepare for? You prepared yes. for this because you'd been preparing for a long time. So long, in fact, I believe we talked about your preparations. Oh, yeah. Either on this podcast or elsewhere. There was preparation it involved. Kept, it there kept coming planning. up. It kept, the, the bit last week, which I thought was very funny. You know, thank God. Thank you to Jim Metzendorf for his amazing intuitive editing of last week's episode. The opening to that made me laugh really hard. But the beeping, it's funny to beep cursing. It's mm-hmm. funny. It, it is. He did a great job. But no, that was part of the process. And the, the process is <laughs> I need to have two mics set up far enough apart. Now, there's, mm-hmm. there's parts to this. Mm-hmm. I need to have two mics set up far enough apart that we don't get unnecessary huge amounts of bleed. I need the I need to test this such that I mean getting the levels right is not even the difficult part. It's it's getting it getting it so that the USB pre is 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 set up in such a way that it's not that you're getting true to channel. Like for a long time with the dip switches, it took me a long time to figure out that uh, for a long time I was getting all of my Skype calls recorded on left channel only, and I fixed that. It's a long story, but basically I knew I had a bunch of stuff to do. But all of that would be for naught if I didn't get the recording set up right. And therein lies the tale. So I spoke with some some friends, as you saw. Oh, this is even setting aside all the equipment that I bought. Yeah, this is part of the preparation. Yeah, I need buying, a second pair uh, of, Talking to people and buying things I and know. setting up the things. So I've been blowing the up things. the slacks, asking for advice. I got a new set of cans and I got uh, some new cables and I had everything set up nice. And uh, I even got help from friend of the show, Jason Snell, to properly set up at last, how many years into my podcasting career, such as it is, I finally learned the proper way to set up 
Audio Hijack Pro so mm-hmm. that it would capture. And I, and I even got advice from Dan. Even Dan uh, chipped in and gave me advice on doing this kind of AIF file instead of that and check your level on this and DDLD. And everybody was super, super helpful. It's like the end of, uh, you know, it's a wonderful life. Basically, I've got a basket full of money. I'm the happiest boy in the world. Max is going to show up and everything's going to be copacetic. So I, this is so much how I roll. And I'm such a paranoic about this kind of preparation that when Max got here late, and after he finally had uh, gotten a coffee that was hit to his satisfaction and we started something like 45 minutes after we're supposed to, that's not a problem. It's not anything that bothers me. We finally did. I said, listen, Alexandra, we're going to do a test. Let's get on the Skype and do a test recording. And I will go and I will hit the button in Audio Hijack Pro. And, uh, and then I will send you both sides of the Audio, Audio Hijack Pro recording and I will send you the call recorder MOV or whatever it is. And you can go listen to that and tell me if it's okay. That was in the show, by the way. I don't know if you listened, but that whole bit that you just described was in the released podcast of Dubai I'm not Friday. familiar with his work. Uh, uh, but we, Because we got to hear, okay, we're doing a thing, blah, blah, blah. Okay, wait, stop. This isn't the show. I want to stop everything and just do we have like three minutes of recording. I'm going to send you all the files just, so you, just to make sure that the setup that you prepared for. Well, now I got to be careful because I want to make sure I get my story right. But if memory serves, she was delighted with how it turned out. It was really, it sounded really, really good. Now, there was, I'm not putting this on Alex, but I'm not. But there was an indication at one point that she was not hearing Max's mic through the Skype connection. But I set it aside because I got a good recording, right? When When was that indication? That might have been cut from the show. Pretty early. She remember. was like, I, I can't really hear. Because oh, at one point, I think, it might have been, actually, at some point, it might have been later on. No, it was at some point fairly early on. And then it came up again later, which is what, in the after show, where that yeah, led the to the, after wait show a minute. Definitely, definitely wait, yeah, up. exactly. So everything was going great. Well, uh, we're ready to go. We're all set. Let's, 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 uh, let's get connected and make it happen. And we recorded the program. So guess what I forgot to do? You forget to hit record on Max's microphone. I forgot to hit record in Audio Hijack Pro. I remember <laughs> Enti- entirely, <laughs> not just. <laughs> this is all brand. Like when everybody, somebody makes this, I guess the Steve Letts joke, you know, the recording. Like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that for me is a doddle because, which is an English word. That mm-hmm. for me is not even an issue or a consideration because I'm ABC. You know what I'm saying? I have yeah. call recorder set to always record. Don't reject calls under so many seconds. I have the most permissive record everything policy in call recorder. But this so, was your first time using Audio Hijack, This was right? my first time in a, in a, as they say, a production environment. Oh, yes. This is your first time thinking about using Audio Hijack. No, I've played with it a little bit to like, just, I mean, you know, it's it's not difficult to use, but I, I wanted to go to people who knew like the good way. And so, you know, Jason Snell was kind enough to send me some screenshots and Dan was very helpful. No, no, it's, it's the most boneheaded thing I possibly could have done, which is I, I was a good boy about recording the test call. Mm-hmm. But then I was so I was so uh, uh, excited that then we started recording, we started recording, we started talking, mm-hmm. and I forgot to hit it in Audio Hijack Pro. So I've got I've got a question and a statement. Now here's um, another thing. Now here's another thing, and this is a thing to remember. This is a thing to remember mm-hmm. is that apparently, posposably, you only ever get one channel of audio in Skype. It will not. I, the, I, apparently, well, you know, if, if you have a thing, you can email John about this, but supposedly it will not get the input from two mics no matter what. I don't understand how that would be, 
But that's just the way that this is the reason I screwed up that one time with Max before is I was relying. I, it sounded fine in what I was listening to, but it was not being captured in call mm-hmm. recorder. Okay, over. Go ahead. Yeah. So my my statement is for the first part before, like you know, the the test, the two minute test part at the beginning of the thing. You did hit record for that, right? For the test call, yes. Why didn't the release version of the episode use the good recording files? for that part because that part also was like the whole rest of the podcast where we couldn't hear max that might have been i'm going to speculate that that might have made a decision by alex and our editor quinn Hmm. yeah to not get people you know and i I also at this point want to say well first of all a quinn is fantastic she's a really really good editor she immediately got the taste and tone of the the show uh, from the time she started editing. She does such a good job. And she and Alex, believe it or not, based on the incredibly crappy sound that we got, that was actually a, an heroic effort on their part. Oh, yeah, you could you could hear it as they were, you know, they're cranking up there. And, yeah. and the my statement is, before uh, you mentioned, in your improbably long and skinny uh, secret lair, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> getting the microphone separated to avoid bleed, right? yeah. yeah. The bleed is what saved you. The bleed saved your life. If you didn't have any bleed, we wouldn't have heard Max at all. There would be nothing. Have you ever heard the bleed on the real recording? They're bleeding all over the place there. They got a Mm -hmm. a professional studio. And you can catch it anytime they try to cut it off in such a way that it doesn't sound like Max is interrupting Alex. You can hear him screaming in the background. They got got, got bleed from now till Sunday. Yeah, but like Max was all bleed. Like saved in the edit, cranked up, you know, so you could, when he was talking, you could actually hear him. This this was it was an amazing. I was you basically you flopped yourself. You done flopped yourself, son. What you did? Was, <laughs> you said I done you, goofed. Yeah, <laughs> you flopped yourself because that's the, the Flop House, a, a podcast that we both love oh, that is famous okay. for its terrible. I thought you meant in the Todd and Joe sense of making no. something reverse. Is famous for having oh, you're audio I da- problems. I damned it. I damned it. Yeah, well, and I, I think I think I don't want to just put it all on Dan. Because well, why is his responsibility to deal with all the recording? He is no oh, better equipped than the other two to deal with the recording. Well, because and yet sometimes there's him. only one person who cares. That's right. Well, <sighs> they, they just, they, you know, anyway, there was no pirate radio station <laughs> in your case. Stu's but... gonna, I don't think Stu's going to be on the zeros and ones setting up all the lines and See, stuff. why not, though? Why not? Why? Yeah. How is he less well equipped They're working than him up the ladder. He's already, he's doing descriptions of the movie now. He's a, he's a small business owner. He knows how to, <laughs> you know, get businesses together and, and make people drinks. He can't connect a few USB cables. Come yeah. on. You're, you know what? You're right. That's, that is very woke. The idea, let's, let's get... Well, Elliot is a little bit, you know, he's, well, let, 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 let's have fun with it. What, what if Elliot had to record the whole thing remotely? How about that? Mm-hmm. I feel like he is the nerdiest of the bunch, so he may be the best equipped, but it's kind of like the thing we talked about before, of like, uh, you know, men getting out of doing chores that they think are beneath them. Going, oh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to load the dishwasher. I can't handle that. That's, yeah. that's, that's the, the stew excuse for never doing any of the, uh, the USB stuff. He's having a beer. Yeah. Exactly. He's got to make all the, the beer cracking noise. That's right. We're calling out Stu on this podcast. Yeah. We're, I think they call this dragging. Are we dragging, Stu? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and then I won't even get into the whole cascade of this, but we got to the end. I, I grabbed the files and up, uploaded them to Dropbox, and, and Alex was like, uh, yeah, so Max this is the test little- file. A little thin. Yeah, and I was like, and I went. I had that moment. It's it's along the lines of like the, I, it's on the podcast. I feel like I feel like the true the true magnitude of what had occurred. I'm, didn't like, I'm land like Ralphie on, on in slow podcast. motion, watching my heart being broken. 
<laughs> like no one wanted to believe it in the moment. No. But the best the best part of the after show is this revelation is coming after like an hour and a half show and a 40 minute after show. And only then, only only now at the end do you realize uh, in the words of the emperor. Paraphrase. Mm-hmm. You didn't see that movie well, in a long time. That was from Return of the Jedi. It's the one with the Ewoks. What would the emperor say? He's a young fool. Only now at the end do you realize. Like, like Luke oh. is basically on the floor. He's like dying from the lightning bolts of the emperor. And the emperor is like, oh, you're doing all this stuff. Okay. And you thought you had one and you're not going to kill your father and i'm mm-hmm. a jedi like my father before me blah 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 and you didn't know about the lightning and now you're about to die and uh-huh. you spent these these three movies not understanding what you were up against and now only now at the only very now. end do you realize so only right. only not, not at the end of the show at the end of the after show after the entire that's, that's the best the funniest thing about this the the listeners yeah. to the podcast had they just listened into two hours <laughs> the audience knows you're there doing yeah. a podcast nobody knows about we all we all know what's coming before. That's before Anakin plays the harmonica, right? Yeah. Yes. Um. I. And the oh, no, thing actually, was, maybe maybe it's right before. No, 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 know. no. Because they've gone through the whole thing, and then there's the the. Oh, we can't talk about it. We can't talk about it. No, no, no. Oh, I think, all right. I well, thought you were the referring scene to where when... his dad stands up for him. Hint, hint, hint. Helps yeah, out I a know, little bit. I know. I know. Have yes, you seen it's the be, movie? It's, be, it's, be, it's before that. Oh, okay. I the harmonica thing was Luke, where the they drew the lightning bolts over his face. Looks like he has uh, electrified braces. Uh, <laughs> no, so I was thinking at the end where he gets his like, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't no, say a was... word. He just picks the amp up over his head and chucks him down the pit. Oh my god, John! Spoilers. Oof. Spoilers <laughs> for Return of the Jedi. Uh huh. It's a good movie. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh-huh. Do you, do you like it when they do that ending where they show the montage of all the celebrations? Do you like that part? I do not. <laughs> Love theme from Ewok Celebration. No, they replace it with this crap prequel music. Uh, I, uh, no, I have to tell you, just on a personal basis, uh, I, was, I, was, I was so darn mad at myself that that happened because it was a pretty... If memory serves, it was a pretty mm-hmm. funny episode. If we'd recorded it, it would have been a good episode. I couldn't... I could not... I would not listen to it. And then, of course, now you get the jokes. And it's like, oh, guys, I feel bad enough already about this. Now, so you, now I, you know how Dan feels. Oh, I already know how Dan feels. Um, <laughs> believe me. All. That's one reason I love the show is I know how Dan feels. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it was, really, it was real frustrating. And, uh, and, I, and I feel terrible about it. And, yeah, I'll just try to do better. To do better oh, next time. Like the pirate radio uh, episode of the Flophouse, this may go down in history of one of the best episodes of Dubai Friday because it has <laughs> essentially <laughs> an entire episode plus after show long joke that the people on the show are not in on, but that everyone <laughs> listening is. It's the it's the bomb under the chair that the audience can see from the Hitchcock, but the people <laughs> sitting in the chair in the movie can't see it, and it's right. there for like 150 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, I'll just try and do this. Actually, I, I did some preparation for Deluxe's question, which I think we should answer tonight if we can. Uh, I, I have a multiple choice for answering Deluxe's question. Um, All right. But, well, uh, if, we're, if we're moving on from the, the topic of that, I'm going to say I'm very no, no, proud no, no, of how, no, you're, not, ha- no, how you're, you're handling driving. this. You're event driving. Your I'm not touching the wheel. Go. Well, you, if you have answers ready, I just want to say I'm very proud of how you handled this incident. I think it was a funny episode, if painful to listen to. Yeah. It's part of the fun. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. And it was good for Max to be unintentionally lowered in volume. 
It's like the, it, he was so. He, I didn't he say that. So, you said that. He was so far because he's so he's so boisterous and dominant in most episodes. And now, <laughs> no matter think? how boisterous he was, he was like way on the outside of the room, <laughs> being amplified and in post. And it was just this distant Max was like, "Hey guys, hey guys, I'm over here." <laughs> he's only my nephew. Look at these uh, cards. Hey, I'm dinosaurs. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, yeah, you know, but you know how it is. And then we'll wrap this up, but you know how it is. It's like, in that case, I really, I, I, I'm selling past the close. Um, but I, you know, it was just after all of that. And then to like do that just incredibly boneheaded thing. I was, I I have to be honest with you. Um, uh, perhaps this will not surprise you. I am strangely, like mostly weirdly forgiving of myself and I'm able to go, eh. This does not, this does not surprise me. Well, there's other things. I, I do sweat things. I do sweat things. But like, if it's something where it was legit uh, an oversight, like if it was the kind of mistake that's an oversight, mm-hmm. uh, I tend to go like, well, you know, that's just how it goes. See, also Deluxe's question later. But, you know, uh, to be forgiving of oneself means that you, you, you also have to forgive yourself of the things that really were your fault. And that's very difficult to do. That's the kind of thing. That's not what starts keeping me up at night, but it's what keeps keeping me up at night is the like, oh, God, that was so stupid. Like, I, I should not have done that. I should have done better. What a boneheaded thing. And I allow that to define me. And, um, you know, it's not like there aren't already enough bits about all of this, but like, that's uh, so tired of the bits, John. But I, um, oh, you're t- you're tired of the bits, are you? I'm tired of the mm, tired of the bits. Am I? Yeah, yeah all right. You're, you're the source <laughs> of the bits. What do you think, Robo John? You're the king of the bits. Um, I, I, you know what? Save it for the Crown Prince of question. The bits? I'm the trying Duke of the bits. What Duke, 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 Duke <laughs> of bits? There you go. I just heard an interview with John Mulaney on Fresh Air that was very, very funny. And one of the things was he said was he's always wanted to sing, but he's always believed that he is, as they say, tone deaf. And you finally talked to a friend of his who's an opera singer. And she said, uh, sing me anything right now. And he goes, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And she goes, no, no, you're not tone deaf. You just can't. You're just a terrible singer. <laughs> Which is a great distinction. That's such a good distinction. I have, I think I have like weirdly good pitch for getting mostly close to something, but I'm not a good singer, you know? <laughs> yeah. John Mulaney. Um, anyway, I apologize to everybody. So what I'd offered to do was, because I thought this would be, speaking of bits, I thought this would be a funny bit. What I offered to, to my friend Max, who in his, in, in his, in his uh, I have to say, they were both very cool about it. They were incredibly cool about it. But what I said to Max was, how about this? How about I do a hostage statement? How about at the end of the episode, I record, you take a recording of me doing something that I claim was written by you. And he's like, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of funny. Like, I'm a duty head and I eat poop and I don't know how to use my computer. Like, wouldn't that be mm-hmm. kind of funny if it was like a hostage statement that you wrote for me? He's like, no, don't worry about it. We'll make fun of you on the show. So I got that to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's like, you don't get off that easy. It's not going to be just one little bit where you <laughs> pretend to read to, a thing. I don't get to pick my own punishment now. Yeah. Yeah. No. Good try, though. <sighs> I, I thought what you were going to offer is let's, let's go again. Oh, I, oh, no, 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 I did immediately before Alex could even say, I said to Alex, no, no, this is unusable. This is not, I, I, we cannot use this. Let's immediately reschedule were, something were, were else. You gonna, uh, I thought you were going to go back to back and just say like, this is oh, it. We're I, doing a second episode right now. I would. My, 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 my kid can just wander around school for a couple hours. Like I need to fix this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So anyways. Well, Max can't handle that. He's got places to be. He's very, uh, he's, busy. Very, he's very busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways. 
Sorry about that, everybody. Well, that was exciting. Exciting life of the podcaster. So you are Paul you gonna, says this is recording, so I think we're good. Are you gonna are you gonna get to the point where you feel like you might have to start making a checklist? <laughs> You're asking me if I need a checklist. You're asking me if I would in my life utilize a for checklist this, for this particular task. You know, if I could if I could automate it somehow like do you remember did you ever use you weren't like a desktop publishing guy but there was or were you but there was this cool app add-on for cork express called preflight that was really cool mm-hmm. did you ever were you aware of preflight probably only from you telling me about it well so you, you take your cork express file and of course what's in your cork express file it's basically a bunch of links to other things is what a cork express file is and metadata i think so it's basically like okay make this in this headline it's this style which uses this font at this size and here's the location of this you know um this uh font and here's this image and preflight would run through your cork express document and maybe more than anything else, identify missing fonts that you hadn't included to send to the bureau. But we'll also look at stuff like, is this a, like a, like a probably an FPO, like low resolution image that you probably want to replace? Or, you know, is this not a .ps or whatever the hell we were using at the time? Dot, I don't know. But it was really great because you could just run this and it was like a dingling test where it would just go through and make sure that you hadn't done anything dumb. I love checklists. I have a, I have a folder. I think we've talked about this. I have a folder called Post Skype. And when I open the post Skype folder, it's aliases to all the things I want to always reopen, including like the folders for my various places where I put things. I love stuff like that. As far as checklists, boy. Woo. Oh, I got checklists. Yeah. Well, like I was saying, the checklist for starting the podcast, I'm not sure if you had one since like with Call Recorder, it's basically just like launch Skype and pick up the phone yes. and start calling because yeah, it's got all the automated what? stuff. John Syracuse, so I'm going to give you full points for this because that's a really, that's up until now I haven't needed it. I should mm-hmm. start doing that every time I record just as a matter of practice to get me in the habit. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking of this because I'm, I'm uh, as you probably know, not a checklist person, but one of the... <laughs> you're, one of the, you're, the yet, uh, you're yet a checklist person. Yeah, one of the things that I do, uh, which is preparing the house to be cleaned by someone other than me, um, oh God, oh God, oh God, has oh God. now reached the complexity where oh I, I forgot to do a step. Oh. Uh, there's so many steps that I forgot to do a step this week. There's the before uh, and then there's the after. Yeah, the the after I don't need a checklist for because that's just basically oh, no, take everything that's wrong, <laughs> take everything's <laughs> wrong and make it right. But the before, you know, you want to know the one that I forgot, the one uh, like the one that pushed I me do. over the I limit. I, I really do. Uh, I don't I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but it's fairly obscure. But it's a new thing in my life, so it kind of makes sense that like I, I forgot it. This is this putting the sign putting the sign on the entertainment center. No, no, I don't forget that. Um, <laughs> it was. Don't so, touch anything. <laughs> so uh, we uh, the lights in the living room are now connected to uh, smart outlets, so they're voice controlled. Yeah. Uh, but the person we have come and clean our house does not know how to use the voice control, and I feel like it's, I mean, a, a bit of a burden to say, oh, and by the way, here's how you talk to the lights in our house. It's a little yeah. bit silly. So what I normally do is I just turn the lights, the, the smart outlets on, and then I turn the lights off, physically speaking. And so then the lights just work normally, and she can just turn them on and off with her hands, with switches, with like you know, with the everything works normally. Yes. If I if I don't do that, here's what happens if I don't do that. If I don't do that, all the lights get unplugged. Oh my god! And plugged into random outlets just so they work again. Oh my god! Which is somewhat 
sensible, but I have to go and fix all the wires after. Oh that. my god, John! I can't. We, you know, you know, we can't talk about this. <laughs> anyway, we can't talk about it. But anyway, oh my all, god! All this aside, I, I, it made I, me remember, think. Remember the one though where we have, we need a name for this. Where we need a name for the our reckon that there's an aspect of this particular profession that involves changing the location or alignment of something just to make it clear that the thing has been cleaned. Yeah, there are lots of theories. Lots of theories that, that could be explored. Now, here's, here's my new favorite. We have a, a bath mat in our bathtub with a graphical owl on it. Mm. There's only one way into the bathtub, John. And this, this week, the owl bathtub was up, uh, the owl bathtub uh, bath mat was upside down. Yeah, the owl bath mat is not what it seems. They inverted, hmm, they inverted the owl. And so you ask yourself, like, what would anybody want that? <laughs> it's not a huge deal. The, the, the five or six iOS devices that don't charge for two days until I realized they weren't plugged in is a bigger problem in that one. Why do you turn the scale 90 degrees? Anyway, um, 90 degrees is such an odd amount to turn a scale. Just wait for the 45s to come. <laughs> oh, going full diamond? That's right. You get, you know, kitty corner. Uh-huh. Catty corner. Kitty catty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to hell. I'm but- going to hell. But it, it, this, this to, just to wrap this up, this this task, I feel like it, I, that there are so many things now that I do to prep that Ugh. maybe I'm and I'm so old that I can't hold them hours, all in my head. I may hours. need a checklist. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's not a bad idea at all, really. Yeah. No, no. I have. Um, yeah. So of course I have reminders in OmniFocus for before and after things to do. Yeah, Jason's got all that automated, by the way. He comes up to his computer and is like, computer podcasts and like windows close and apps move. No, no, and- no. I mean, before the, before the thing we can't talk about. I've got, I've got reminders for that. And then, like I say, uh, at the appointed day and time, uh, 30 minutes before every single light in the house is turned on. Find the cat. That's the last. <laughs> Find the cat at house. God, I envy your memory so much. Spe- do spe- I? Speaking of talking to cylinders, this entire day, yeah. Uh, every time I have asked uh, one of my cylinder, I've, I've asked my HomePod in particular to uh, operate the lights in my living room. Uh, it has operated the lights in my living room simultaneously. It has said something to the effect of, "Sorry, I'm having a little bit of a problem," or some some kind of voice thing that tells me, uh, "Apologies." things are not functioning correctly and yet huh. they are the lights go on and off as oh commanded. no that's worse yeah so it's very strange it's kind of like just you know like living with a british cylinder like it, it does stuff but then apologizes <laughs> or canadian i guess is the correct uh, stereotype <laughs> it does whatever you ask it to but then apologizes in the process oh that's nice that's a very polite robot mm-hmm. uh-huh we got that on our list here to talk about at some point voice control uh stuff but but i'm not driving you're driving not, God, not i feel today. like i have to right, sneeze so you, john i feel like i have to sneeze you maybe maybe mute yourself and oh, i can't uh, tell i might cut off the call or spawn a second window what does this one mean yeah don't hit the red button okay don't okay oh what's this one this one is share oh share screen <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> talk about zooming in you don't want to do that oh please don't so I think we need to uh, go to uh, the deluxe's question that has been sitting in here for a month or two, because uh, I think you have an answer for it. Well, geez, I prepared that this would be at the end and I could be emotional, but I can be emotional in the early part of the show. Well, I can we, do that. I, I think I, after this, I want to go to a mini topic that may or may not get emotional. So, Oh, awesome. We have plenty of time for emotions and sniffling boogers. I'm sorry. I'm trying. It's all right. <sighs> I'm... I was up. You should see my sleep from last night. Ugh, my sleep. 
It was crazy. I slept real hard until two, and then I woke up. I had a very, very long dream about Donald Trump Jr., and then I woke up and I took a shower. You may need a heavier blanket. Uh, I don't sleep with a blanket now. I do no blanket. Now I'm no, no blanket. No blanket, No Jerry. blanket? Not no blanket. The, we go from weighted blanket to no blanket? Well, I went from weighted blanket back to normal blanket to no blanket. Because it wow. turns out you sleep wow. better when you're cool. Your body mm. wants to be cool. I also take off my socks. Not that it matters. You want to be cool. Not one of those overheated Massachusetts kind of houses. No, no. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash diffs. Home. You guys, home, it's a great place to be. You want everything in your home to feel right. You want to fill your home with things that you love, things that suit the way you live. Well, Burrow is rethinking how people shop for and live with their sofa. And that's why they let you easily customize a high-quality sofa online that can then be shipped for free in one week. The Burrow Sofa adapts to your life. It's scratch and stain resistant, so you don't have to worry about spills. It has a built-in USB charger, so you can charge your devices right from your sofa. What century am I living in? The fabric is totally free of harmful chemicals, and the frame is made from sustainably sourced hardwood. It's a sofa that grows with you. You can make your burrow bigger anytime by adding new pieces. You can easily set up and disassemble your burrow with no tools required. And burrow sofas are designed for comfort. You can customize every detail, pick comfy low armrests or stylish high ones. The proprietary foam is supportive yet super cozy. And don't forget to check out their line of stylish pillows and throws made from hand, soft hand woven fabric, ready to complement your new sofa. Burrow was recently named one of the best inventions of 2018 by Time Magazine. And uh, I got to tell you, I, mean, uh, I bought one of these. I did. I didn't even get a discount. I just bought it with my own money because I continue to believe that next to possibly buying a house, the most contentious decision you can have in life, at least as a family, is buying a sofa. We've been looking at them for years, and it turns out that Burrow had been on my wife's shortlist for a long time, and we just did it. We pulled the trigger, boom, got it, charging from the sofa. That's the thing you can do. Join the man family. Get a Burrow sofa. They can just use that. That's a freebie. And right now, you can get $75 off your award-winning Burrow sofa by visiting burrow.com slash diffs. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. That'll get you $75 off your order. Our thanks to Burrow for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Um, we, uh, we asked people a long time ago, I've lost a little bit of my fervor for this project, but we, we asked people, because uh, <laughs> I don't really want to know what anyone thinks Story anymore. of your life. <laughs> I just, now that's not entirely. Merlin Man, Colin, I've lost a little bit of my fervor for this project, TM. Wow. Oh, man. Okay. All right. I need more of this, John. This is, this mm-hmm. is making me strong. It sharpens me like a knife. Uh, sharpens me like a knife sharpener, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So uh, a while back, we uh, said you can ask, send us a question. L- uh, Listener Deluxe, who has a great Twitter name. The, the, their Twitter name is Deluxe. Listener Deluxe said a lot of discussion is about doing new things or adding something to your life. What are some things that uh, you have given up or stopped doing over the last X months? Thank you to Listener Deluxe. What have you stopped doing? You stopped sleeping with a weighted sleep blanket. That's one thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, let me open it. You've given up. I use Marco's Quitter. I use Marco's Quitter, and I just quit my MVL. Um, here's what I wrote down. Uh, that I'm, I wrote that I'm pivoting on this question. Uh, I, I kind of, it kind of, my answers are kind of related. And I'm going to answer this with, uh, you may choose one of five personal thought technologies that I'm working on. 
And I can tell you what those are. And some of it involves, mo- most of them involve giving something up or mm-hmm. doing something differently. Do you want to do yours first? You, uh, no, you, hear- never, you never go first. You always want somebody else. I want to I hear your five. Yeah, well, it feels like on ATP, you always go last. Have you ever noticed that? Is that by design? Is that, is that in your contract? That is not by design. I go whenever I go. I go whenever I can get oh, That's a there. tidy answer, John. Well, Spoken like somebody who always goes last. No, I don't always go last. You, you let them, especially in the beginning. I, I go, yeah. I go first a lot. Well, because you got to, you got to drive them. You've got to, you got to drive them toward what's in the dock. <sighs> so true, so true. At least, at least one of them often looks at the dock, unlike your co-host. Uh huh. I have uh, five personal thought technologies that that came to mind that I'm working on. You may choose one. Um, abandoned status stuff. Form fewer and slower opinions. Um, a policy that I learned about in a book called Act as Though. Uh, learning to be less consistent and uh, exploring the less obvious aspects of privilege. I'll read that again. Abandoned status. It. You stuff. don't have to repeat it. Really? You got the first time? Yeah. Um, Just listening? I'm torn between abandoned status stuff and the privilege one. I could do a little of both. The, the abandoned status stuff uh, one is, is short, and it's that I realized that uh, I realized a couple things because it's. A couple things is that uh, I've realized how um, I don't like the whole status thing. Uh, in like the sense, on airlines, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, like like uh, yeah, like on airlines. It's um, I don't like it in other people, and I don't like it in myself. The the sort of like uh, social uh, plateauing that we do with each other, where we we try to like you know uh, have some kind of a contest about like experience or people that we know that are famous and stuff like that. And it's something I'm, I, I don't think I do too over much unless there's a reason to, but it's something I've become more aware of. And I'm some, something I'm trying to overtly not do and not seek. Do you conceptualize this as a, I'm sure it's uh, parts of this, but like what is the ratio of thing, a thing that you are subjected to versus a thing that is intrinsic that you're, you're bringing with yourself? Candidly, it's something I feel subjected to. And I, it makes me very uncomfortable when people do it a lot. And, but as, because I'm trying to grow as a person, that also makes me aware that I don't like it when I do it. And it's, it's, there, there's one of, it's one of those real dumb uh, adult things where you go like, Geez, there's this thing that's not making me happy and I keep doing it. Why am I, why am I doing that? Like doing that makes me feel uh, terrible. Like if, if, and uh, so what are versions of this? Versions of this are bragging. Versions of this are talking about where you went to college, uh, especially if it's somewhere that's famous and fancy. There's all kinds of ways in which, like, it, unless it is in service of the story or what have you, you know, it's like that so, just somebody said a long time ago, never post a text thread unless you're pointing out something funny someone else said. Don't post the text thread unless it's, if it's something just funny that you said, which of course I'm guilty of. Um, but and again, I, I wouldn't be working on this if it weren't something uh, that I'm struggling with. And so I, I've just realized that like, it, if you have a conversation with anyone where it, it, can, it can start off innocently enough. Okay, let's, 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 make this, let's make this a San Francisco thing. As I've said at length before, it's real frustrating to me how often you get into a thing with people about which school you're going to. Oh, it's so great that you're going to a public school. <laughs> so taking one for the team. Good job. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so sweet. <laughs> I just, what, what was the comedian? Was it John Mulaney? Oh, I love how you can wear just anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bless your heart. Um, no, I mean like that doesn't make me happy. And like, so what am I going to do? What, how am I going to like escalate that to seem like the cool dude? 
Like, I don't want to do that. And so anyway, that's my little one. My little one is that I'm trying to become more aware of when I do that, not in the service of some more interesting project. Two, I'm two just things to, on that. Well, I'm just trying to make some, where, well, like where I'm just doing it to make somebody think I'm cool and high status. And I'm, I'm trying to do that less. So the first is uh, your rule about text threads, uh, wherever you heard that from. Yeah. I would, I would like to amend that for the record to say never post text threads. Okay. Uh, because texting is implicitly a private communication, and unless you have permission of all participants, never post text threads. Okay. Never. Never. I normally, I normally ask. Yeah, asking fine, but people, some people do it, and it's just like they don't ask permission. It's like, what are you, what are you even doing? Because there's there, there is a reasonable expectation of uh, privacy. Yes, yes, absolutely. We, you might people might not even want to see your typos anyway well it's difficult here's another thing and this is a big pivot that i won't go into but it's it's also like i discovered with some of my friends that like there are things that i tell them that i I, i'm surprised i have to tell them is not for sharing like you can pretty much assume because i'm not looking for status and spreading stories like a, a shocking amount of the time i would prefer you not tell anybody what i said to you not because i'm a creep but just because there's all kinds of stuff in my life that like i would just as soon not be advertised or turn into your bit yeah, it's implied by the by the venue texting. Yeah. It's the the most private of venues. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, don't, that's number don't one. Post I, don't text, and number don't, two, don't, don't don't post text is, threats. Is getting back to the the subjected to versus reaction thing. Like so, for the most part, you can't really control what you're subjected to, other than like not perhaps not putting yourself in situations where you know people are going to be like, oh, what school is your child going to? Right. So you can avoid those situations, but in the end, you can't stop people from doing that. No, I'm so, not trying to. Right. So the project is mostly like. How do you deal with that? Well, one, you already touched on, like, don't do it yourself, whatever. Like, you can work on that. But then the other one is like... Okay, yeah, just do, to do basic social Aikido of going, well, that, that's really cool. I've heard that's a good school. Exactly. And then just change the subject. But then, the, on the, on the, like, but like, is that is that the project? Is like learning learning how to, as they say in the MPU, have more aloha about when you are inevitably subjected to that because you can't avoid it entirely? It can be very difficult... I'll put it this way, and this was what I did actually post uh, this particular thread on Twitter because I thought I was funny. Um, and it was, uh, you know, when you're when you're dealing with uh, the sports parents, mm-hmm. and I was sitting there while I, I. It's one of the mini games of my daughter's basketball where I had to ask, "Do they still do the mercy rule? Like, do they still <laughs> have that at fifteen zero? We stop." And mm-hmm. this, you know, this nice woman who was uh, one of the moms of the other team player, and the kid was legit, super good. Like mm-hmm. actually really good, um, really, really good player. And she was nice. She was nice. She was nice enough. And but she like, said there's no mercy in this dojo. <laughs> uh, karate kid. Yeah. Okay. But, um, you know, she's understandably very proud of her kid. She's very proud of the fact, <laughs> even though for my daughter, it was the seventh game that her team had played, uh, which was also the seventh game of basketball that she had ever played. Not that I'm mm. going to bring that up, but mm-hmm. her kids have been together since they were five and they're over to, at the summer. They're, <laughs> where's my fiance? I've lost my fiance. <laughs> it was very much that kind of, I lost my fiance, the dingo ate my fiance thing. Um, but eventually, you know, and I, I, I did actually, as you do on Twitter, make a joke that I didn't make the, the actually my daughter leads, reads on a 12th grade level, but that's mm-hmm. kind of what, that was almost, that almost came out of my mouth. What almost came out of my mouth was, look lady, just cause I'm wearing a dubs t-shirt or a dubs sweatshirt does not mean the, the sports is our family's effing life. My daughter reads on a 12th grade level. Dumb. <laughs> the, a dubs? What is that? Yeah, the Golden State Warriors. 
They call oh because it's W for the Warriors. Nice. Yeah, you got okay. got a one. I don't know. I don't know the the slang yeah. for. I know you don't. You're not into the dubs. But no. Uh, but no. But uh, no. No. So to answer your question, though, yeah, there is a certain amount of like Aikido I want to do there because here, here's the needle that I want to thread is I don't want to be unintentionally provoked into going high status because mm-hmm. I I can do that. I can go high status. I, I can name check and stuff like that, but it doesn't make me feel good. And afterwards, I just feel, I feel dead inside. And, but at the same time, the thing that makes it a needle to thread is, but I also want to be kind. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really trying, especially to people I don't know very well. To my friends, I could care less. But especially with strangers, strangers, I want to be kind. I want to have them walk away from our interaction feeling better than before we met. Not, not so that they'll like me, but just because that's a decent thing to do. And that's why I didn't dunk on the mom. But no, it's, it's just, it's, it's hollow. It's so hollow. And like, there are people, we have, we have some very sweet mutual friends where like nobody there, there, we know people who don't say anything unless it's a way to mention somebody that they know. And it's exhausting. It's just, it's frankly, utterly exhausting. You know, something I learned from my friend, my dear friend in college, Chris Coldren, something I learned from Chris one night when we were, I think pretty high, I, I, I noticed him doing this and uh, it really has stuck with me since 1987. We're talking to this guy who's a real, real douchebag, had a fake English accent, this kid from Brooklyn. And he was talking about, he was talking about all of this super high status stuff. Remember, we're high. But he, he just kept talking about this and that and the, and the prep school that he went to, his dad's job. And every time they, he would mention something involving money, Chris would go, wow, that's <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> it was funny in 1987 and it's he didn't say that because he was high he said that because he was chris and i laughed so freaking hard and i still sometimes i will i can be ground ground down <laughs> i will say something like yeah wow that's a lot of money because what do you want me to say what what if you keep pursuing this line of questioning about the standards of like, oh, your, your, your humble brag about what school you wish you got into and isn't that a sad bummer? What am I going to say? Wow, it sounds like you have way more money than us. Well done. We're definitely subjected to that in our circles Because you're, well. you're kind like, of in a pretty, your neighborhood is like contains fanciness, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I, like, I'm, I feel like the leg up I have is that I just assume I am the lowest status person in any gathering. Uh, Healthy. Just from, from conditioning. Um, and so I never feel competitive because I feel like I have nothing to offer. My life is crap. Like, so I'll, you know, I'll, <laughs> when, so when they, when they just start wow. going and telling about like their fabulous vacations and what fancy things they're doing and oh, how amazing and their water ch- skiing, oh, how amazing so their amazing. children are or whatever. I'm just, it's kind of like watching a TV show. It's like, that does sound pretty cool. Like, and you want to get to that part. Like, it's hard to, you know, it's hard not to eventually be a little bit resentful. Because like, okay, like, wow, that's a lot of money. Like that, that thought enters your head, right? Because you, you wish you could say that out loud. You are breaking the rules. You are hitting the escape key out of that conversation when you say something like, wow, that's a lot of money. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't think I would ever actually say that, but sometimes you get that feeling. And I feel like the goal state is the, the, the you know, the aloha state, again, MPU terms only here on this program, um, is to get to the point where it actually doesn't bother you. Like stage one is like, don't it when it bothers you have a reaction to it that is that that is healthier. Right. But mm-hmm. like stage two is like, what if it didn't actually bother you? And it's like, well, that's impossible because when people are being jerks about their amazing lives, how can it not bother you? It's like, you can, you can imagine getting to the point where... It's not an endless fight, but no, you know, I know. There's a a book I'm sure you've read um, because you're so steeped in the theatrical arts. There's a really interesting book uh, called Impro 
by this English guy named Keith Johnstone. And it's a lot of the principles of what people apply in not stand-up or sketch-style improv, but like kind of a, a modern classical version of improv. It involves mask work. It involves all of this stuff. But the nut of improv that most people who are familiar with the topic know about is his idea of high status and low status, which is mm. in some ways trickled down into the culture. But it's just a very interesting idea about the high status character versus the low status character. And it, it kind of goes back to some, I don't know, probably even like ancient Greek ideas. But the idea is that like, it's, you know, why do we laugh when, when the pompous man slips on the ice, but not when the sweet old lady slips on the ice? It's mm -hmm. because he's a high status character with so far to fall. And like, where you look at something like Worcester and Jeeves, where nominally uh, Jeeves or rather Worcester is the high status. He should be, he's the fancy man. And then uh, Stephen Fry is the, is the low status, but that is the source of the humor is that disconnect between the high status and the low status. So, of course, having read uh, the book Impro uh, by Keith Johnstone, I know to sometimes make a joke out of it by going low status. Maybe in a way that's sometimes a little silly, like, wow, that, that sounds like an amazing water skiing school. I just hope my kid's scabies goes away soon. Or, mm -hmm, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But some way of trying to take a little bit of the stale air out of the room by having fun, hopefully at your own expense, and maybe a little bit of theirs. But you're right. The, the goal would ultimately be not to be bothered by that, except insofar as one is thrust into those kinds of situations more often than one would like. And it, it gets to be kind of heavy after a while. Yeah, the pro I feel like the problem with the self-deprecating angle, it depends on how self-aware the other person is. But like in, uh, in actuality, they're not a willing participant in a bit in front of an audience. So developing a dynamic in which, uh, which makes it humorous for observers is better than being a jerk about it. But if mm -hmm. they get what you're doing, they may have that glimpse of self-awareness and it's, uh, it may, they may realize what you're basically saying is, wow, that's a lot of money, which they may take offense at or may feel bad about. Like, it's just, there's a whole, so much complexity. And you're like, you like, I, I feel like what I would like to do, but I can never actually do would be like to be genuinely like, uh, like glad for them, which is so hard to do. Like when people tell you about wonderful things in their life, like you would yes. like, I would like to be the kind of person who who is genuinely happy for you. And very often you are genuinely happy, but at a certain point you stop being genuinely happy for them and you just, you know. Well, and you have to have, like, I, I, have, I have people that I consider good news sinks. There are people, and to be honest, Alex is one of them. Al Alex is one of those people where if something cool happens to me, I could be wrong and she can correct me, but I honestly feel, you know, she's a really good pal of mine. And, I, and she's somebody where I feel like she could share a bit of giddy joy with me. Like, I, I had a mutual following incident with somebody whose work I really like um, a couple days ago. And oh, oh, Alex is the only person I would tell that to because I'd feel like a chode if I told anybody else. But Alex could be giddy with me because she likes the thing mm -hmm. that this person does too. And, like, you need somebody in your life that you could go, listen, is it okay if I tell you this really cool thing? And, it's, uh, yes, maybe I am bragging. Maybe this is a witness me thing. But like, mm -hmm. I don't want everybody to see that. It's that that takes a yeah, lot of fun. I feel like it's different it. when it's when it's with friends because that's what they're for. Yeah. But it, like, if you were to, if you were to offer that as your opener when meeting a stranger at a party, different angle. Yeah, and I mean, here's the other part of this though. Now, I'm going to buy you a copy of this book. I'm going to buy you this uh, Keith Stop, Johnson. Don't book. buy me things. They didn't. They don't even have a V. They couldn't even afford the V. <laughs> I went to school with a guy. Uh, I went to school with a guy at my very very fancy college. Uh, who went by the name Scum? That was not his real name, but he spelled it <laughs> like, like the like the virtual machine for uh, uh, point and click adventures. No, I think you're thinking of Swing. He went by Scum. No, scum VM. He went uh, went by Scum, and he said it. Uh, it was he spelled it S C V M because he couldn't afford a vowel. 
I thought that was funny. He ran the movie program. And he had VM in it, too. Wow, you don't wow, understand. Wow, he's a how... virtual machine, beep boop. <laughs> oh, you don't know about scum, scum VM, which I will put in the show notes. It's a, probably this a virtual a, machine, right? This is an amazing coincidence. Scum VM is very famous. If for all we know, it could have been invented by this person. His name was Mark Singer. He ran the movie series. I don't know if I mentioned that. But uh, what was my point? Uh, the scum status. Here's the other thing. Okay, so um, uh, we are all compelled in so many situations to participate Oh, God, you know, is this is, can you just please just generally refer to this as my hole in Caulfield problem? Just, you know, I'm being mean right now, right? I'm being mm-hmm. that way that I get. You know how mm-hmm. I get that way? Mm-hmm. I do that. You know that, right? You get that way? You start off that way. I get, uh, I do that. Secret is I, you're always that way. <laughs> you've never seen so many phonies in your whole life. Um, here's the thing. If you, you just start got that getting, one award though, right? What's that? You just got the one. What, the phony? Yeah. Yeah, I got, <laughs> just the, you're, you're one step behind me, though. Keep going. <laughs> I had a dream about Donald Trump until 2 a.m. You've, you've become the John Roderick of this podcast with that oh. hack. <laughs> Sometimes should, I wish he'd listen to podcasts. Oh, I wish he would listen to his own. The, um, the uh, funny thing, though, is... Uh, okay, so here's the thing. You're compelled. Now I'm being call- holding Caulfield, and I'm going to own that. And then I, I do want to hear what yours is for this. But this, is, this has turned out to be better than I expected. So uh, you're compelled into these situations with people. But, like, here's the funny part. Like, your, your role in that, especially if you're up against... This is why I would never get in an argument with Cory Doctorow. I don't think Cory Doctorow is that, is that right about that many things, but he's tremendously good at arguing. Like above all else, he could be in debate where he just picked a side and he would win because he's, it's like, you know, it's like Tom Wolf. People who are just incredibly persuasive slash bullying and can get away with it. God love him. He's a, he's a great man. Uh, but this is why I don't do that. Like I don't, I don't want to get into a dogfight with you about schools or whatever. So what are your options? Your options are, what are your options? They're, they're, the main options that you have as someone who is aware of how this dynamic is going, is a high-status option that makes you look like a dick, which is to say, hey, sweetheart, honey, darling, it's okay. It's okay. I've done this with friends of ours, sweet, sweet friends of ours, where I'll say, look, look, I really like you. I really like you as a person. I don't care who you've met or almost met or kind of met. I don't care. Like, tell me another thing about your life. But if I say that, if I say that to water ski mom, that's going to be a high status move. And now I look like a jerk to say the honest thing, which is, look, I would love to keep talking to you a cocktail party, basketball game, whatever it is. I would love to keep talking to you about something. But like everything you say to me sounds like a thing where you're trying basically to make me feel bad about how you and your family are better at something. And uh, here's the funny part is it doesn't actually like deeply bug me the way it deeply bugs some people really bugs my wife. Like she like wants to punch, punch the person in the face. <laughs> also but, not but a good option. Probably a very high status move. I'm going to send you this book. It's called mm-hmm. impro. I, I've got it in my bastic right now, but that's, uh, that's, that's from the, uh, MPU. Anyway, um, I'm just about done. Please give your remarks. <sighs> oh, um, oh, so anyway, are we done with mine? Uh, I'm I trying mean, to be you, less. You I'm trying one, to be less. The other one was the, the non-obvious privilege stuff, which I think was Should I do that now or you do yours? Um, I'm trying to think. Of, I'm, I'm too spun off into yours that I've uh, forgotten what I was going to talk about for You're going to make fun of me. Okay, I'll do mine. <clears throat> you're going to make fun of me for this because you're going to say, wow, it's already a thing. But I'm just really interested in the idea of privilege now that I finally caught into the idea that it's a thing. And I've, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to go too far on this, but like, I definitely know it's a thing. Um, and I know that I have benefited from it 
I almost said whether I chose to or not, but it doesn't matter whether I chose to or not. That's, That's the part of the problem. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. I mean, but then I was thinking about it. I've just been thinking about <clears throat> how what what is, I mean, one definition of Webster's defines. Thanks, Tim. God, God. Well, uh, don't, I'll save it for the show. Mm-hmm. But the, um, but like one way, the, the, the one way of thinking about privilege that I think has, has been very emergent and interesting is just this notion. Hey, you ever notice like, or probably not that there's all kinds of stuff you get in life that other people don't get. Well, like you don't have enough of a viewport into somebody else's life in order to understand how much stuff you get just because of X, Y, or Z. (laughs) Because of X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. And certainly that is, uh, that's a terrific definition and a great jumping off point for somebody to interrogate how their life has gone. But I was thinking about what it is though, that also is an important part of privilege I think an interesting question is what, what made you so fearless? How did you get so fearless? You're so fearless. You, you're so fearless. You can walk wherever you want. You can, um, you can take a trip whenever you want. If you were affected by a natural disaster, you're not that worried about it because you got money and insurance and a car and all that kinds of stuff. And I'm just interested. I don't know. I, I like that definition of it. I don't like that definition of it, but I'm intrigued by the definition of privilege of being something like where you've developed um, a somewhat artificial uh, kind, not artificial, the fearlessness is real, but how you got it is utterly unexamined. And I've told you before about how I used to get frustrated with my friends of more means about how they'd never really had their ass kicked, how you could get to be 25 or 30. Mm-hmm. I, was think- I was thinking that exact thing when you were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, you know, just somebody who, and I don't mean this to say that everyone should suffer, but just more to say that like, you never realize what an implicit net you have in life, that if something went super wrong, like you, you could, you could stay with your parents, but you could probably even go to your parents to like get set up somewhere if you really needed to. If things were real bad, if you like, you know, if you fractured your forearm, like uh, poor, uh, like poor Courtney in that first episode of uh, Survivor, not, not skinny Courtney, other Courtney, tattoo Courtney, and you and you uh, and you and you uh, broke your uh, wrist or whatever, you have a means for getting that taken care of, and 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 you know, importantly, you will not suffer an increasing accumulation of ills because of something you couldn't fix before. Do you know what I mean? I'm not putting that super well, but like money and status will buy you out of a lot of things, buy your way out of a lot of things. And that that's because that's how those things work. But I've been thinking about stuff like, go look at like the whole like parking ticket thing. We're like, we're the, like you get pulled over and you get a ticket, you didn't pay it on time. And now you're in this thing, like just stupid stuff, like being able to afford your parking tickets. Yes, I know this is already a thing, but I was just thinking about how, like, there's all these kinds of things that most of us take for granted having a flexible schedule, things that rely, like, you know, um, having good credit, ha- being known, knowing for sure that there are no warrants for your arrest. Mm-hmm. That sounds crazy. That sounds absolutely crazy, except in as much as there are people out there who may be pretty sure there's no warrants for their arrest, but they don't know. Why is there a warrant for arrest? Well, maybe they missed the, um, the bench warrant about their unpaid parking ticket. Like that thing started as I need to get to my job interview or pick up my kid. And within a year, year and a half, that's escalated into all of this debt. You know, you see where I'm going with this? It's Next like, thing you know, you're being shot and killed in your car. I, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Another yes. thing you don't tend not to worry about. You were to oh, get pulled over. Am I going to get the ticket or the warning? What's well, not going through your head a lot of the time, depending you took on it, who you, you took are, it, maybe. You took it to I, the dark place this, that it needed to go. I die. Yep. Uh, no, hondo percent. But like, you know, the thing that a lot of us dudes don't understand is like how much like 
you know, it's like that. My joke since college when they say like there should be a men's rights club or a you know a white men's club, and I'm like, yeah, it's called Congress. Well, which you know, it's kind of true for a long time. In this instance, where are you not welcome? Who made the joke about being a time traveler and like all the places where we could go and be in the ruling class when we show up? This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by ExpressVPN. You can learn more about ExpressVPN right now by visiting expressvpn.com slash diffs. We can probably all hold our hands up and admit cybercrime is something we think happens to other people. Hmm. Hmm. Who, who'd want your data, right? You're a nobody. You're, you're a schlub. You're a schlemiel. You're, you're, you know, a person with data. But the bad news is stealing data from people like you and me using public Wi-Fi? Ho-ho. That's one of the simplest ways for hackers to make money. And now they got your stuff. You leave your internet connection unencrypted. Your passwords and credit card numbers are vulnerable. But there is something you can do to protect yourself from cyber criminals. You got to start using the ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data, hides your public IP address with easy to use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. And you can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. And then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. I have an anecdote that I'd like to share with you. Eh, I don't like to talk about traveling, uh, at least until I'm back, but I had occasion to travel with my family recently. And we stayed at this uh, at this hotel. And believe it or not, the place had some baller Wi-Fi. It was crazy. I mean, it was real fast and it was great. And you didn't have to go in through the captive portal and all that. But you know what? As soon as I logged in, I didn't have to log in, but it just popped up, right? I got the Wi-Fi. Huh, huh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to my stuff? You know what I did? All I did was open the ExpressVPN app. I hit one button on my devices, and now I got, I got a VPN everywhere I go. It was great. Thank you for the baller Wi-Fi, and thank you to ExpressVPN for saving my buttocks. It's really that easy. ExpressVPN was rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. I don't think you're going to want that money back. I think you want, you want your stuff to be safe, like me at the hotel. It was nice. Now, for less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have, me, Merlin Mann, a formerly famous person and podcaster, minor celebrity. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you got to get the ExpressVPN. You go to expressvpn.com slash diffs to learn more. You can protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free. You go to expressvpn.com slash diffs. I'm going to say it a third time because it's almost like praying. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. Jiminy Christmas. Three months free with a one-year package. You've got to be kidding me. You're crazy not to go there. You go to ExpressVPN. Get the VPN. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. So anyway, uh, I, I don't know where I'm going to go with this, and I don't know how much it's going to make me a better person, but I'm interested in trying to discover, I mean, we're nowhere even near, uh, if you think about that phrase, peak oil, peak oil is the idea that we have reached the top of the uh, curve for getting easy oil out, and that after that point, it will always be more difficult and costly, because you got to get into nuttier and nuttier ways. Um, I know we're nowhere near peak privilege awareness, but I'm interested in looking into these little veins and seams uh and streams that i'm not aware of um the what about no warrants really grabbed me for some reason what was i thinking about i was just thinking about how like 
fearlessness means like you can just do whatever the thing is you want to do without worrying that there's a sword hanging over your head, that you can't afford bus fare home or that you, or that like there's something that could, you know what? I don't know. Now, now I've been talking too long, but that, so that's my two. My number one is status stuff. And the other one is just thinking about surprisingly non-obvious privilege things. One of the things I found useful for the, for the privilege stuff is I suggested this on ADP a while back and uh, like, following new people but not actually interacting with them like following in the true sense of where you're just saying you want to read what they have to say it's not an opportunity to engage them in any kind of conversation or or demonstrate your wit to them right i I get a lot of good ones from you i just started following that casey johnston she's great like yeah but just just like i I just want to hear what this person has to say and listen and and some and sometimes what you'll see if you start with you know see the sort of twitter networks is sometimes a thread will go off like they'll someone you follow will retweet a thread of someone else they follow and like it's three degrees separated or whatever and and sometimes some of the things the threads will be about are interesting that you may or may not see depending on how big they blow up in your circles but that's why you want to widen your circles like and what i was thinking of when you were talking about your privilege stuff is very often there's there's several variants of this thread and they come back every few months It'll be like, uh, sometimes it's a hypothetical. It'll be like, uh, to all my followers who are women, uh, if you could have 24 hours where all the men would disappear from the earth and then come back at the end of that, what would you do? And they all list all the things that they can't do when men inhabit the earth, but they could do not. Like, I'd go for a walk in, in the park at night and look at the stars, or, you know, I would stay out late and not worry about how I was going to get home or like, you know, all, like also, I would go have drinks know. with my friends without being worried that that yeah. would come up in a court case later. Or, or I would like, uh, walk home with my headphones on from work and not worry if someone is behind me. I would turn the volume up so I can't, you know, like all, all sorts of, and that type of thread, first of all, you're not the audience for that. They're mostly talking to each other. But if you, if you can, if you get enough connections, you can see that thread and you read through it. And again, it's not an opportunity to, engage or talk about the things or commiserate or argue or do anything it's just an opportunity to see people talking amongst themselves and to get an idea and eventually if you see enough things like that that's just one example like they'll often have threads like that either to be about an incident or about a hypothetical or a crowdsourcing thing or you know all all the people that have all those threads like if you have ever been sexually assaulted or if you have ever had this traumatic thing happen to you reply to this thread and there's like eight bazillion replies yeah you know and like just just sort of being exposed to that, like, because it's it's difficult to come up with things like that on your own, because you don't, like, you can think about the ones of, like, well, I can kind of relate to, like, being like I am now, but with less money, and that would be a bummer, or being like I am now, but with less of a safety net, but it's like, what if being totally unlike I am now, like, as different from myself as I could possibly be, what is that experience like? And the only way you find out what those experiences are like is to hearing people who are like that describe their experiences, and then say, okay, well, I guess that's what that is like, and it gives you a, a better picture of, of that. Um, this is technically not a thing that you've given up or stopped doing, but I guess, I mean, what you're stopping doing is being oblivious to the experiences of other, how different they may be from yourself. I tried to frame it as a pivot, but like, it's not, I mean, I, I hopefully I'm not trying to say this for clapping, but it's just more that like, it's, it's, I'm just doing as much as I can today, like on a given day and I can always do more, but like, no, I mean like, and I don't mean that in the like, but just more like, well, uh, I got stuff I got to do, but I also like, I don't want to lose that thread. And it's not because I have a daughter. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it, I mean like uh, the, the woman, the woman respecter has logged in. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> it, it, the truth is every little bit helps. And that is a factor. It just becomes a trope when it's like 
you know, it's it's like the Republicans where they can only understand oh, something no, when yeah. it, it happens to them personally, which is like it's kind of you're kind of glad that they have woken up in this particular issue, but you're kind of mad that that's what it takes or that's exclusively what it takes. And so anyway, I, no, you schooled me on that. And you changed my game when you. When you I mean, that, me that's that. the thing about like schooling you on that. It's, it's like it's you a did. trope. Well, don't it, say it like that. I, you I, you I, pointed out. You pointed out that point out that it's a trope, but it but it doesn't mean it's no, not also like a contributing point, factor. You did not just point out there was you made a very compelling case for saying that well isn't there a, essentially i think you were saying or maybe this is how i took it is like uh could, couldn't that be something where you respect those people because they're human beings not because of what your relationship to them is yeah that that's the trope is like they're not by, they're not by, your property yeah by pre- by presenting that as an explanation it, it's like it's it's not a, an admirable motivation in fact it's more of a sense of shame it's like it, until i had a child i couldn't do this and then and then even examining it further, it's like, yes, it's problematic in several ways. But just like the Republicans who don't support gay marriage until they have a gay child, it's like, OK, that's awful. Right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. on the other hand, at least you support gay marriage now. So there's the good to go with it. And it just makes you angry. And, uh, you know, at the same time as you're like, I'm so angry that you're so bad at being good. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's complex. Many of these things are complex and the nuances are difficult, too express but i feel like there is there's both sides of it. well i mean like in the in the, in the same way that like you know uh, if you think about it, it's sort of like i don't know i guess it's exactly like education in the sense that like you know we can't do division until you know uh addition and subtraction let alone before we get to you know trig or something like that and like you almost have to do this reverse education of yourself of like peeling away you know, all the, uh, the carapace and keloids of BS that you've unintentionally picked up, uh, over time before you even have any like bioavailable sympathy for those people that are. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, before you get to the point where you are like thinking about what it really must be like to be a woman who has to walk home from work by herself at night, you 50 steps before that, you have to get right with the idea that privilege is even a thing. And that takes people a long time sometimes, like just because you just you fight that with every fiber of your being because it's counter to your entire experience. And it sounds awful. And it sounds like you're being accused of something. There's no way you can you can't jump right from that to let me think about uh, these <laughs> these, uh, uh, you know, un- unobserved privilege before you even accepted the privileges of things. So it, oh, it yeah, is for sure. It, it's definitely a process. And I feel like you can't rush that. You can't hurry love. You just have to wait. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Don't come you know? easy. You know, yeah. it's a it's game kind of, of give, a and give, and, give and take. Yeah. Listener Deluxe asks, there's a lot of discussion uh, about doing new things or adding something to your life. What are some things, uh, I'm correcting this on the fly. What are some things, because <laughs> of my privilege, what are some things that you have given up or stopped doing over the last X months? Jo- John Syracuse, what is your response to Deluxe's excellent question? God, I don't, I don't think I have, a, oh, I think I had a good man. answer to this when the question was in here many months ago, but I'm not sure I have now. Like, especially Did the MPU throw you off your game? If you make the X really big, I can come up with stuff. I think I think I kind of half answered this last time we touched on it in an episode where I talked about all the many uh, uh, sort of intellectual uh, and uh, stimulating pursuits that I had when I had so much more free time that have just been shed like like heavy clothing in the desert as my <laughs> life has gotten more focused on. You just need to stay alive. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just the, it just comes off. You drop the backpack because right. it's just, you know, and like. <laughs> yeah, I used to have, you know, like everyone, more time for yourself. So you had more time to learn about it and do. You had, you had so many, you had so many of these things. You had the, you had the drawing, you had the guitar, you had the, the painting, you had the like model building. 
and remote uh, control the car cars, stuff, the cars, the, yeah, the, the woodworking. I mean, you name it. There's like a, a little electronic kits, like just it was. There's so much because that you had, and it's just a part of growing up. You know, I'm always free time as you're an adult. Um, but you do like some most of those is like, well, whatever, fine. You don't make plastic models anymore. Who cares? But at a certain point, some of those things you're like, I had to consciously set aside a thing that could have been a big part of my life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the artwork is the big one. Or you're like, yeah, told for my entire life that, oh, you're going to be an artist when you grow up or whatever. And like it's something that you have an aptitude for that you invested a tremendous amount of time in in honing those skills, you know, and getting and getting better at it. And like, but there comes a fork in the road where you have to say, like, is this what you're going to pursue? Or are you going to pursue this other thing or this other thing? Or what, you know, and you just have to end up like setting it aside uh, because you just can't do everything. Um, and that's that's such a that's such a myth when you hear that, like, well, you, you really need to focus on your accounting work. You can still do your guitar stuff for fun. Well, you can, but like right. you're not going to get better. And especially if the things you're thinking about, again, like sometimes you put it, put it aside, like, all right, so remote control cars, they're super fun. I loved it. And I think I had an aptitude for certain aspects of it. But there's, it's not the type of thing that you can feel like you can dedicate your life to it. in most cases, unless you're going to start a company that like, that makes remote control cars or go work for one. Like if that is truly your passion, then sure. But it's not as viable as some of the other options. And you have to say like, what are my aptitudes? Like if I had to rank them, I'm good at X, I'm good at Y, like in descending order. Mm-hmm. Like it's easy to set aside the ones where you're like, well, whatever, I just doing this thing for fun. But when you get to sort of the the primary things, like for you, it might've been music, right? Something it's like, mm-hmm. this is not just like a frivolous thing. I care a lot about this and I'm good at it. And I put a lot of time into it. And it's like, it's right up there with the, my life could be about this, but I do have to choose. Um, and so setting that aside or, or, consciously de-emphasizing it or saying that's not the road I'm going to take, you know, and I'm sure everybody in every career, like I, I've been enjoying the, uh, the David Tennant podcast very frequently. He, David Tennant does a podcast he, as he calls it. Hmm. Um, uh, he asks his guests, if you weren't an actor, cause he's talking to famous actors and stuff, what would you be? Mm-hmm. And you get to hear all of them talk about the thing that they set aside. Uh, some uh, you expect a lot of them to do the frivolous answers, like "Oh, I don't know, I would live in a farm or whatever." But like very often, it's like, and because of English, all of almost all of them, their parents tried to dissuade them from it. Yeah, but but there's yeah. still a lot of them. They say like there is another thing that I was actually really good at, and am potentially still very good at that could have been a career. And you hear almost kind of like a a wistfulness that they. Mm-hmm. That they, you know, when it became clear that they were going to be successful as an actor, they had to set aside this thing. I think even one of them was just like, like uh, running restaurants. Who I forget who it was. Uh, uh, maybe it was Olivia Coleman. Saying like running a restaurant, being behind a bar, and and being like a waitstaff and owning a restaurant. She's like, mm-hmm. I spent years doing that, and I'm really good at it. Like our fam- their family owned restaurants, and they ran a bar, and it's like it's almost like you'd hear like I had to set that aside, which is kind of a shame. Maybe I'm even better at running a bar than I am at actually being an actor. Obviously, being an actor pays better, but like, saying, yeah, I had, and I had to. I had that's the path not taken. I had to set that aside. And you're like, well, you're a famous, rich actor. What do you care about that? But it's like, but I was so good at that other thing. Yeah, and she's lost her private life. Yeah, and which, which is making her crazy. But it's also <laughs> yeah. sometimes I think like I, I don't know which one's worse the the situation where it's something um, you used to do and loved. I don't know which one is worse. The Wow, back then, I never could have imagined that I was would succeed with that. Or I wonder if the more painful one, in some ways, is I totally could have imagined myself doing that. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to say, like, well, I mean, I never thought I would be an actual rock star, not like, you know, or whatever. But like, I think there are people who are like, man, like I, I put in the hours. I mean, I, you know what? Some of those are like maybe more of a long shot, maybe swimming, gymnastics, stuff like that. But there, are, there have got to be certain kinds of things where like, you know, you, you don't know the improbable path that leads you from somebody who worked on the school paper to like being like the editor of a, of a magazine or even being a, you know, a columnist for, or whatever for a magazine. But like, you know, the, the, the dreams defer that suck are the ones where it's like, you could really have seen yourself doing that on even like a practical level. That's, that's gotta be the ones that hurt the most. Yeah. And especially if whatever path you chose, uh, regardless of how successful you may be in it, it feels like, uh, it doesn't fulfill some aspect of yourself that the other thing fulfill. Like very often is, is in creative endeavors, whether it's music or art or, or even writing or something like that, where whatever it is that you're doing, maybe a thing you're super interested in and it's, you know, and you spend a lot of time on it and it's your career and it's, you know, you like it and everything, but you know, I, I just take, you know, stereotypical like accounting, like maybe you are actually super into accounting and you're really good at it. And it's just your, you, your brain thinks in terms of those numbers and you get great satisfaction of making sure that they all add up and dealing with it. And it's just a fun thing for you to do, but it doesn't give you the creative fulfillment that like, you know, uh, writing short stories did. And you had, you had to choose the path, whether you're going to try to be a journalist or a fiction writer or an accountant and you chose accounting because in the end it is the thing that you love the most but it doesn't fulfill you in that way and so you try to like do that other thing as a hobby uh but it only makes you think like what if i had chosen this direction and done accounting as a hobby like i don't i don't know how it works in people's minds but like mm-hmm. you do have to set those things aside and so yeah but going back to my answer like i have this huge laundry list of things that are just shed as you know and the 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 big the big shedding of course came get when you know get married and have kids and that's like okay everything overboard all that's left now is just my naked burdened body and this family and, and children i have no room for anything else which is not true obviously because i i mean i'm doing right now making room in my life for podcasting and all those like so you try to find outlets for it but you do look behind you and say you know could i have been uh, uh you know a writer or an artist or an architect or whatever you know thing or maybe like you glimpse the idea of uh you know working for a remote control car company like all sorts like when you're young there's so many possibilities and if like when you're young and have lots of interests and everything you do everyone tells you you're good at like if you have aptitude for picking up things like and and you're just like me obsessively into them will learn everything about them and quickly become a quote-unquote expert in them it seems like you could do anything, but eventually you realize you can't do everything. You have to pick what you're going to do. And in fact, whatever you do pick is going to be much more difficult than you think it is. Uh, and eventually all that other stuff just has to be shed. So I know that's not the spirit of this question over the last X months, but if you just make a really big value of X, my answer fits. Hmm. Hmm. I wish somebody give you all your millions so you could retire and get, you get your McLaren and all that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't know when that's going to happen. So I'm clearing on the road the uh, the other week. How do you know? Did you read the word on the back of the car? You don't know what cars look like. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there, but they're they're the chintzy ones. Oh, interesting. There's a lot of them. They uh. they are so it, it's it's a strange car maker because their cars all not they don't look the same. But right. they're not distinctive enough. I think for, of a, it, I think of it a lot like, uh, well, obviously like Mac laptops, but but really in particular, 
like, uh, you know, am I going to get the three series? Am I going to get the five series? Because really, those are very different kinds of cars. Yeah, you can tell you can tell them apart. But a lot of a lot of the McLaren uh, mid-engine You're not sports even cars. My bit. I know. I get it. I'm with you. I'm right. I'm on I'm on top of it, and they are All very right. different. But you could tell three and a five apart. But the, the McLarens, like a lot of the lower end ones, look very similar to each other, and and it's I it's, just I just saw it, and I was like, I don't know what I saw it. We were coming down. Um, doesn't matter. We're coming down the road, and I was like, wow, whatever that car is, that should be called the Manta Ray. Because those lights are really cool. It looks yeah. kind of like like uh, like uh, the superhero or the supervillain. It's probably a 720s or one of the other models whose names I can't 720, remember. 720, 721. Yeah, whatever it takes. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash Diffs, I am here to implore you, friends, to make your next move with Squarespace. Because Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next big idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store or a portfolio, a blog, whatever it is you want to do. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, nut patches to worry about, and nut upgrades are ever needed. It's all right there. It's Squarespace. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. It's Squarespace. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever need any help. And they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed to show off your great ideas. I'm going to give you a freebie right here. Uh, uh, they, they do the responsive design. So they look great on uh, every device or dingus. It works like that just out of the box. It's a theoretical box because it's Squarespace. I'm a huge fan of Squarespace. I've been using them for years. I continue to use them pretty much all the time. It's where I host the Roderick on the Line podcast. It's where I have my personal sites. And, you know, I used to dread updating a website, even though it is nominally what I did for a living. And now I love it. I just go in. I make some clicks. And boom, you got a website. It's Squarespace. Squarespace plans start at just $12 per month, but you can start a free trial right now with no credit card required. You go to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. When you decide to sign up, use that very special offer code DIFFS. That's going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And yeah, it's going to show your support for your buddies at Reconcilable Differences. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash DIFFS. Offer code DIFFS for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Ah, and we're back. All right. I think uh, to wrap up, I have a, a quickie here. I don't know. We'll see how quick we go. Um, fans of the MPU will know what I'm referring to, but ultimately it doesn't matter that I'm referring to anything at all because I think this stands alone, but I think you will know what I'm talking about. And it's about internet quizzes, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. Um, this is the type of thing where, I mean, the, the classic internet quizzes are like, find out which Sex and the City character you are by answering these questions. Um, all sorts of fun things. S- sorting it's, hat, sorting hat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, some of them are fun, sort of entertainment purposes, but they do start ramping up. Uh, there are often ones that like uh, take this quiz and answer these questions. And at the end, it tells you if you have ADHD, right? Lots of medical diagnosis ones, uh, right? Um, and that's, uh, you, you talked about these on a, on a recent podcast. Yeah, a recent friend of ours uh, was compelled to do an internet quiz that involved mental and emotional health. Right, and it's supposed to be like, uh, see, part of these, uh, I mentioned the one like which Sex and the City character you are, like the classic stuff like that, where it's for entertainment purposes, but then we get into the medical ones, like the the the, uh, the incentives are similar, 
that they want you to come yeah. and take the quiz. And when you get into medical stuff, you're like, all right, am I doing this? Because it's like, this is a way that you found to get people to be engaged because they're worried that they have this disease or whatever. <laughs> or are you rooting for a certain outcome? Yeah. Or Come is on, this Hufflepuff. A, Come on, cirrhosis. Or is this a diagnostic tool? And it gets fuzzy because like, when you go to your actual real doctor, very often they will have you fill out basically quizzes on paper and out of the internet to find out if you have things wrong with you or, or whatever symptoms. And that is sort of, you know, you seem like deadly serious. Like my doctor is not giving me this piece of paper as a clickbait, right? It's, it's, it's actually a diagnostic tool. A, a first approximation, just, you know, this is not going to tell us anything, but it's going to say, I'm going to look at your answers to this. And if there's too many of them in column A and not in column B or whatever the hell the system is, we're going to talk some more about this topic, right? That's, that's what it is. It's like, the highest level type thing. Um, and I, so I generally avoid these things in the internet because I assume all of them are like, no matter what you do, it's going to say that you have ADHD or like, you're so shocked, you know. So, so you're, you're, you're going here to the, this is not the like, which piece of Kentucky Fried Chicken are you? This is the more like the self-diagnosis kind of stuff. Right. But I don't feel like they're any more, uh, very often I don't feel like they're any more uh, serious than the Kentucky Fried Chicken one. <laughs> like they, I, they kind of lump them the same. That said, all right, I had a, somewhat susan roderick like uh experience not a john roderick like experience because he got a score of zero which is a different thing listen to rock online to learn about that um oh this was ages ago and i forgot I, it only came up because i was listening to the other thing it's like maybe last year or something mm -hmm. for whatever reason one of these quizzes came across my radar and my opinion then is as it is now this is might as well be the which sex and city character on you it's so <laughs> stupid right right but it was like a page long and I was interested in it and it was like, it was one of those ones where they don't tell you what they're asking you about or something. Like it wasn't, it wasn't headlined, find out if you have ADHD. It's like, take this quiz to find out something about yourself. Right. And so I go through and I answered the thing. And at the end, it turns out it was a quiz and I'm such a bad memory. It was either a quiz to find out if you have, uh, I think it was like something serious and medical sounding having to be like clinical depression or something like that. Uh -huh. I think it was depression and not anxiety, but a lot of the questions were about anyway. And I went through it and I answered and the, the, the choices, the, the, the questions were not like they weren't dramatically. They weren't like, well, yeah. Cause like the, your funny part and not to interrupt, but the, the, the funny part about the sex in the city one is like, it's pretty obvious if that's Charlotte or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, or with ADHD, uh, right. I mean, like there's, there's going to be a pretty obvious answer. Uh, and in this case, you, you didn't feel like it was leading you toward, you couldn't tell what it was leading you toward. Yeah, you know, so that's that's part of the thing. Like when I went to, when I went through it, my score was like it was like off the charts. I was like the most clinically depressed person on the planet, right? Oh wow! And and I, I had the I had a reverse Roderick situation because this situation is he went through all the things and he's like, nope, doesn't apply to me. Not me. Not me. Not me. And it's like I got I got a zero. And it's like if you have a score higher than X, then something's wrong with you. But I got a zero, so I'm great. And it turns out that maybe he shouldn't have answered zero and everything, right? My thing when I went through it was like, these questions are like horoscopes. It's like, do you ever mm -hmm. feel unappreciated at work? Like, the, like, well, who's not going to answer yes to that? So everyone, I'm like, yes. Yep. Nope. That do you ever that. feel like you might be right? You ever feel like you might be right about things other people are wrong right. about? But only there were questions focused on depression. And they weren't dramatically worded. It was just like, right. do you ever feel like this? How often does this happen? How often do you feel this way? And I was like, oh, and what I was answering was like, of course, everybody has all these feelings. Right. Because they're they're like the horoscope things where 
they're things that everyone is going to relate to because it's the human condition. But it turns out, no, <laughs> these are supposed to be things that, that ostensibly, according to this random internet quiz, normal people shouldn't be saying yes to so many of these things. And I was off the charts on the thing. If you were going to self-evaluate after having taken, well, or however you did it, like, would you consider yourself a neurotypical person? Well, so here's the thing. I get to the end of it. And so now I'm faced with the question. It's like, okay, you you didn't clock this thing all the way through because you thought you were answering the normal person answers and you're going to come out with some middling score. But it turns out you have dramatic ones. You have to decide now, is this quiz one of those rigged ones where no matter what you say, everybody's going to end up being shockingly depressed because that's the whole point of this. You, you'll be shocked what you learned about yourself. Like it's mm-hmm. clickbait and the conclusion is clickbait. And you'll send it to all your friends because you're like, I can't believe what score I got. Like, is your evaluation that that's what this thing is? Or... Would you be able to distinguish a situation from a situation where someone just put like one of those boring medical ones at your doctor up online and this actually is a reasonable first pass diagnostic tool to see if you're supposed to have an additional conversation with somebody? And especially right. when it's something like dramatic sounding like, like whatever like a, like a it was. Pre, sort of like a pre-screening. Yeah. And especially yeah. when it's something dramatic sounding like whatever this was. Again, I can't even remember. Like it was something to do with depression, but it was a fancier sounding name. Then you're like, do I feel bad? Like, mm-hmm. and you start like, and I had a moment, a brief moment of like questioning myself before I, my eventual conclusion was this test is mostly BS and everyone would answer affirmatively to all these questions because they're worded in such a misleading way. And I don't feel I have my own conception of what what depression, what the Welsh troll is right from mm-hmm. listening to other people talk about it and experience things in my life. And I'm like, that, I don't feel that now like i'm i'm okay and fine and everything is good and this quiz is probably garbage but i have still thought about it for like a year i didn't save a bookmark to it or whatever i didn't send it all my friends but occasionally i think about it because it's i find it's difficult to know whether you are correctly dismissing something like that because you're mm-hmm. like what, a, what isn't that what a depressed person would say you know that yeah yeah, <laughs> that yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. Right? absolutely right yeah so yeah, I, yeah. My, my, I guess my question to you is have you ever taken one of the and i asked to answer your question am i neurotypical no but not in the way that this quiz was saying that i was I think. but you're like, you're like ha- a high you, functioning eeyore like you, you if you are depressed it doesn't seem like it's bothering you i mean the thing is i have had times in my life where stuff like that has bothered me but i'm not in that time now so why the hell is this quiz telling me but on the other hand like i'm briefly questioning like because this is the thing uh, many many people who have uh, uh you know uh, problems with mental illness will say is like you you either come to accept or never it never occurred to you that everyone doesn't feel this way like that's how people that's how they always describe it it's yes like, right, i just right, thought right, this right. is the way that and that's how i felt after these questions but on the other hand everybody does feel unappreciated at work like that's why how horoscopes work right so right oh I, I found it very confusing and i wondered uh, if you had uh, someone who has your, your own issues and probably doesn't get them diagnosed by internet quizzes if you've ever found yourself sucked into one of those things and if if you've actually gained any insight from it or it has triggered any real world change in your behavior or have you, you know, have, have you thought on it? It's a really interesting question. I, I think it's beneficial to look at, even if we just look at the internet history of internet quizzes, like they were this thing that, you know, I'm going to misuse the phrase and you'll get mad at me. Like in the post CGI bin era, like the ability to have some kind of a, a test that you click on. Like there was a point in the early days of social media where that was a very popular thing to fill out and share with your friends. For sure. That was an online thing. I feel like as somebody who um, has been exposed to people who like uh, women's magazines, 
the, the provenance of this, I think, is like in the kind of quizzes that you get in like what are like 17 or something like that. And what, what's, what's, uh, so if we stipulate that this isn't the kind of thing that spins out of a, like, who's your dreamboat date going to be or whatever, right? In, in a, in like a young woman's magazine. Or, or Cosmopolitan even. Like Cosm- the, the, the sure, any, any of those. But what's interesting about, and this is a very broad reckon, but like, I think that my sense is that when you get those in a magazine, it's kind of meant to be a social thing. It's kind of meant to be the same way that you would do Mary F. Kill or the way you would do like a Jason Snell style draft. You could do that by yourself. If you're a lonely boy like me, you could do that by yourself, but it's not nearly as fun as doing it with a group of your peers. So like I'm imagining some kind of like, you know, I don't know, girls listening to 45s and doing this together on, on the floor of somebody's room. Seems like a typical way or in a dorm room or whatever. Yeah, which Beetle is the right match for you? Sure, exactly. Where it's something you might read out loud and everybody responds and then you go, ooh, or whatever. Um, and in that case, like it doesn't, I don't know what the results are because mm-hmm. you're just, you're just having fun and that's silly. I've seen these, I remember these being in stuff like, I want to say like, like Dynamite Magazine or whatever magazine. Not highlights, but like, you know, a little older than that. But the kind yeah, of you stuff. You goofus or gallant. Well, yeah, but but like sometimes it would be focused on, it could be something like which one of the Avengers are you or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. but that's pretty, uh, it's trivial, yeah. trivial fun. What you're it's talking different about, than are you clinically depressed? It's very different <laughs> from are you clinically depressed for sure. And I share your skepticism about why anybody, uh, Put something like that up. I also, you know, th- this also runs alongside another concern I have, which is as I as I seek things for my various issues. Of course, I go and I Google it, and you know, it's like it's like looking for Viagra or like plane tickets to, you know, Germany. It's like it, it, there's so much garbage. If you want to find something, even if you want to find something that's a medicine, a prescription medicine, you're going to find tons of forum posts from people where, like, you know, the star the star rankings of how this. Uh, dealt with my particular issue over this 10 week, 10 days that I took it are this. And so one star and it's like, uh, so frustrating, but like, but God help you if you want something that's a nootropic or a non-prescription thing, because it's all, it's all mostly spam. It's all mostly affiliate links and stuff like that. But I feel like those do do kind of reside alongside each other, which is that we think about just Googling for symptoms where you know the the classic sort of like is it cancer thing that, it's that always people cancer, it's yeah. always cancer it's never, it's never lupus. lupus and so you end up going through these kinds of things and and it's boy but if you really just look at that in stark terms and I, I don't know we, I don't know if we're stipulating that what I'm saying here is accurate but there's a big difference between is George right for you versus do you have small cell carcinoma like that's that's a pretty big spread in terms of what that functionally you know means for you. I used to do those in the social media early days, like maybe the live journal blog early days, because we'd sometimes find one of those that was really novel. But I, I don't do many of those nowadays. And I'm trying to think of examples where I've gotten a surprising on-point result. Have you ever done a mental health one? I feel like the mental health ones are more than like the, the cancer or, or which, uh, you know, beetle should you date? Because like yeah. that, in my experience, in my limited experience with the mental health professions, they actually do use questionnaires, again, as a first pass mm-hmm. filtering just to, to bin things. And so seeing a questionnaire online is not 
entirely alien. And, you know, and I already mentioned my self-doubt thing of like, it's exactly, you know, my, my reaction is exactly, is both entirely plausible and also exactly what someone who actually had clinical depression would say based on my yeah. experience of reading the, the, the writings of people who have it. I mean, I think there are like, I, as a story that I've told more than once is the first time that I went to my psychiatrist, uh, it took him about two and a half minutes to say, yeah, you've really got a a pretty classic version of a pretty generic version of ADHD. If you had gone 20 years later, he'd be texting his friends, got a live one here. Yeah, right. Although he'll post the text, yeah, text channel. Um, no, but like, like, but, but that, that came after. Uh, several tumultuous years of trying to get treatment for what I believed to be ADHD and mainly getting pegged as somebody who was seeking drugs. Mm-hmm. When I went to my HMO assigned physician, I mean, I, I made this crack a long time ago on Back to Work, but it's true. She was like, maybe you take more walks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was <laughs> because she was Natasha uh-huh. from Bullwinkle. Uh, no, but I mean, that was, that was what I, and so it doesn't take too many experiences like that that to make me go, oh, well, I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm so crazy that I'm crazy. Apparently, uh, I'm not even uh, mentally ordered enough to have a mental disorder. Thank you for your time. Here's your $20 mm-hmm. copay. Um, but yeah, when I did go in to see this guy, um, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think I present as incapable of focus, but the, I think the key thing with him was because when he did give, he did actually, you know what he did legit, you can go back and find this back to work episode where I talked about this in the ADHD episode the classic era but you know, one of the things he said was he's like well do you um something like do you have trouble focusing uh just in general do you have focusing on trouble focusing on the thing you'd like to focus on um and uh, the you know all those were mostly yes especially the focusing on the thing i'd like to focus on my problem is i focus too much on this thing that's not important it's not that i can't focus it's that i lack the executive function to channel that particular laser beam the way that i would like but then he also threw in some like would you do you consider yourself somebody who does a lot of like uh online gambling or do you take a lot of risks and i was like no not he's like all right all right all right, cool he's like well yeah it's pretty clear you you've got based on the way you're presenting and the way you answered this yeah it's it's pretty you could definitely benefit from trying some various things to work on your adhd so yeah i've done that when when he was asking you those questions and you were giving your answers were you thinking yeah, but that's true of everybody, isn't no. it? Or were you? Well, no. I I went in there wanting lupus. I went. <laughs> I mean, I went in. I went in there wanting. I have to be honest. I I wouldn't call it drug seeking behavior, except except in as much as like, yeah, I did try Adderall. Leslie Harpole gave me like two Adderalls, and it. I realized something was very very different about me with the Adderall versus me not with the Adderall. That's what eventually got me to like go like I think I need to talk to somebody. Um, but I don't think. But you're you're getting me back to the really troubling part of this, and there's all kinds of questions I want to ask you that would be necessitate you knowing what the quiz was that you took. But even without knowing that, I would be skeptical about how meaningful it is giving just my own reckons about online quizzes. But you could also, in a certain universe, you you could have depression with extremely varying symptoms. And with extremely varying amounts of ways that it negatively affects your life, or positively for that matter. I mean, Robert Lowell, <laughs> you know, one of my favorite poets. Like he had uh, had the bipolar, and it had a huge impact on his writing or not writing. At least in the seventies, when they give you like crazy salts, uh, crazy bad choice of words, they would give you lithium salts. I believe. Um, I don't know. Um, 
It's something you think about still, though. Is it, is it me or is it the quiz? Yeah, I, mean, well, I, don't, I don't think I dwell on too much about hearing hearing uh, Roderick talk about it, brought it back. And I think I think we have similar but opposite experiences because his reaction to the questions was no, 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 when in reality he should have been saying yes. And my my reaction to the questions was yes, 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 when perhaps in reality I should have been saying no because I was taking a broad, generous reading of the question. Do you mm-hmm. ever feel like such and such? It's like, yeah, everybody feels that way. So sure, yes. Whereas John Roderick reading that same question would have said no because mm-hmm. he'd be like, well, I don't feel it like feel it, feel it, right? And so the same quiz, to maybe I'm like, in other words, where maybe we were both at two different extremes. If we both took that same quiz, he would get all zeros and I would get 100. It doesn't mean, it's not it's not a, a useful diagnostic tool because maybe the questions were poorly worded because it's just a stupid internet quiz. But Especially because like it's not going to exceed what, 10, 15 questions, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was long-ish, but it wasn't it wasn't super long. Like, the thing, the reason it sticks in my mind is because there was such a mismatch between, like, usually, as you said, when you're taking these quizzes, you know where you're going to end up. You know which adventure you're going to end up being. You mm-hmm. know what, what house you're going to end up in the Harry Potter thing, because you can tell what the questions are leading you in. And this well, one, and I very I much like, an- I would answer in the way that would get me the house that I wanted, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and this one, I felt like, I know where this is leading and I'm, I'm going to end up with just in the middle and it's going to be like a boring result. And it wasn't, it was the extreme result. And that's it's like, so that's, interesting. You know, it, it, it just, and I, mean, I, sh- I shouldn't still be thinking about stuff like that. Like, honestly, it's not like I, the internet quiz should not be the impetus. Like in your thing, like you were, you were seeking answers like yourself. It was an internet quiz that was making you do it. Right. Right. And it's only after the seeking, you would face these various barriers and ways of diagnosing. And it, it, it shouldn't be the reverse. It shouldn't be like, you think everything's fine, and you take some stupid internet quiz on a whim, and all of a sudden you think there's something wrong with you. But, right, right, right. But you know me with the with the quintuple uh, turned in on itself self-doubt. Oh, but I, I, don't, I don't disagree at all. I'm trying to remember... I want to say Myers Briggs? What's the name of the personality test with like many many questions on it? It's uh, I, the INTJ whatever. But thing. like, there's one, and I, I I'm not here to uh, attest to the veracity or usefulness of any of these tests. But one thing that's interesting about one of those, it's the it might it's, it might be the MMPI or Myers Briggs. But one of the things that makes tests like that interesting is that it's a very very high volume of questions that includes a lot of repetition, especially like asking. Uh, sometimes you might even think, wait, I feel like I've already answered this question four times. And maybe you have, mm-hmm. but yeah. also it may have been worded in a different way. And that like, I, I feel like maybe this is just my own like cognitive bias about sciencey stuff. But I feel like if you were to take a battery, a test with a battery, a bunch of questions on it that were able to detect patterns and consistencies or inconsistencies, that seems that like that would be much more likely to get you something like a useful result. You know, it's like when they do predicting, when they do prediction stuff, like I, I'm very interested in that idea of like, this comes up a lot on things like 530 or 537, whatever it's called. What's it called? What's the site called? 538. 538. Yes. But that's not enough electoral votes. Um, but the, um, but, but what's interesting to me is, and where were they talking about this recently? I want to say on maybe Freakonomics or Planet Money. But they were talking about when you make a prediction about something. You know, there's all kinds of ways that you could place a bet about a prediction. You, you, could, you could do an over-under with somebody. You could do a, like, what's the final total number of points and stuff like that. But, like, when you ask somebody to estimate something, uh, it's it's like one pro move with that is having somebody come up with 
the percentage likelihood that there will be a given outcome. And I think alongside that, a percentage outcome on how confident you are of your decision. And that if like, if we did stuff like that more often in science or betting or whatever, we would, we would get over time, probably better results. You know what I mean? And in a test like that, like it's so difficult to know, especially if you, again, like you said, like different people taking the test differently, being able to see all the, could you see all the questions on a page? Do you remember? It was a web page, so it was scrolling, but scrolling, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think about or do stuff like that too much, but you you might have some of it and just be very high functioning. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Myers Briggs thing, and I, you know, I remember taking that when I was a kid and thinking how garbage it was because it was so. It, it was one of those quizzes. Is like that one sorting of the ones where it's for, like, have you know, have you ever stolen? anything it's, over it's 20 the one where you get the letters you get like the the uh what is it like oh uh, the intj it, it, yeah kind of, thinking feeling uh, i did that one judging too. versus yeah. perceiving I think I might be thinking and, of the of the mmpi then yeah what, what did you end up in myersburg anyway oh god i took this i went to a self-improvement thing with my mom when she was a real we estate agent grab the e-meters and find out right just grab them cans i was i think uh i don't know extroverted tmj i'm not sure i don't i don't remember <laughs> Some kind yeah, of job I, problem. I mean, like, I, I remember all the questions on it and knowing exactly where I was going to land because they were so obvious. But there are a lot of them, and so it does kind of wear you down. And it was eventually you're just answering honestly bad of boredom. Um, and the the sad realization that me and my entire circle of friends were either INTJ or INT, uh, P, I think, J and P. Introverted, yeah, that was it. There was a, neutral. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> it's not a, not a character. It was a, uh, introversion. Uh, N is for intuition. Oh, right, right, and then right. The, um, Versus analytical. T is for thinking versus feeling. And the only variable amongst my entire circle was whether it was J for judging or P for perceiving. But oh, okay. it was always INT, which, yeah. Huh. Um, but uh, I, I feel like that whole test is stupid. Because it has a, an unsur- unsurprising result. And I feel like all of those sort of personality categorization, maybe maybe it's true. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to the medical ones and they're just as dumb as the internet ones. And they rely on the fact that the person administering it is actually someone who knows something and they can just use it to, to have a further conversation. Yeah. And maybe that further conversation will re- lead them to believe, oh, you don't have a problem. You're just a, a John Rodder who answers everything with zero or you're just a me who answers everything with one or whatever. Interesting thing that strikes me about you, and this sounds like a, a joke or a bit, but it's not, is that if you did... If you were to, for whatever reason, go to a clinical person and say, like, you know, what do you think? I could see half a dozen ways that you would end up going like, hmm, like, how did that session go? Like, what do I think of? How do I evaluate that person's skills? Like, would would you need to talk to six different people before you were satisfied that you'd gotten a good diagnosis? You're right that I would be thinking about, what is this person? though? Yeah, you're, met, you're, you're <laughs> like, a meta guy. Are they, are they good at their job? <laughs> right. right 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 how do i tell whether they're good at their job uh yeah there's a reason i that it's not uh not a thing that uh i feel like is compatible uh, with me but uh you know who knows like it, it's because in general i feel like if I, if I had a need for it i might seek it out uh but if i don't feel like i have a need for it i'm hoping that internet quiz is not the thing that convinces me that i do i don't know right hey, it'd be a fun experiment not for the not for the person, the other person. <laughs> you might end up in a journal. I, I think I told you that the one story from my from my childhood when I did very very early in the run of this program, and people haven't listened to the way uh, the early episodes that 
my parents thought I was not normal and thought I had some big problems, which maybe I did. And this is all like in elementary school at this point. And so they sent me to the elementary school shrink. Uh, unbeknownst to me, like this is years later, I'm, this is being revealed to me by my parents because when you're a little kid, you don't understand what a shrink is and you just know you're going to the room to talk to the president, especially if you're a kid like me where very often you will be split, split off into the unpolitically correctly named gifted and talented groups with the other kids. Like being split off from the other kids to go do a weird yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. was part of my elementary school experience from kindergarten. So here I'm as a first grader, second grader, whatever, going to talk to the nice man. I have vague memories of this. I never have clocked this person as a, you know, child psychologist or whatever. But anyway, I talked to the child psychologist. Uh, and I don't know if it was always a series of sessions. They do whatever they do with little kids to find out what the heck is wrong with them. Um, and they go back to my parents and say, uh, the kid's fine. What's wrong with you? Oh, interesting. Because <laughs> I feel like you didn't I, think about I feel that, like did even, you? I feel like even in my, my young and annoyingly precocious age, that I clocked the guy as that, that that I was being prodded and probed. And maybe I thought it was another fun thing, like the standardized testing. They figure out what reading group you're going to be in. And I just like gave the correct answers for everything because I knew what they all should be. Yes. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily mean that I wasn't weird and messed up kid. It just means that I was just barely precocious enough to understand what to, uh, to understand what I'm being like. To, mm-hmm. to be outside the system enough to not actually give the honest answers of a first grader, but to give the the answers of a, you know, an adult in a first grader's body who understands what's, that he's being probed and knows what the right answer should be. Right, right, right. right. And I have such a vague memory of it, it could be that I just was actually normal. But I, I think it's equally likely that I was, because I always had that feeling when talking to adults as a very young kid, is that I knew what they wanted me to say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know how, to, you think you know at least how not to appear like, uh, dangerous or outside the normal range yeah yeah like, like it's, it's just it's so it's so obvious when you're a kid what like at least most me like what's expected of you when like something something you bang on all the time is like whenever i try to frequently when i try to report some kind of self-reported thing you're like well i'd like to see somebody standing there with a clipboard like seeing if that's what you really <laughs> thought yeah, did unreliable narrator for sure. yeah right 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 like you know are you i mean I'm not going to say Jeffrey Dahmer because I just heard a really interesting podcast about him. Uh, really wonderful he's actually podcast. a great guy, right? Oh, he's a su- super nice guy. He's mm-hmm. a little misunderstood. Really, really good at preserving meats. Mm. It's very economical. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Hey, did you know you could save money by preserving your dates? Me, Gerald. <laughs> oh, Gerald's taking a dark turn. Hey, I can see your address in a reflection. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> You could save time by getting your friend's address by looking at their photos. Me, Gerald. I feel like I feel like uh, the, the 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 Gerald character is is becoming misunderstood. I, I I'm I'm glad to see that you are holding true to the spirit of Gerald. But I feel Gerald like it's just one wants of those... to find ways to save time and money. It it it's like uh, it's like uh, words sound like each other. Like the the very quickly mutated in which words sound like other words, and and the origins are forgotten. <laughs> People don't understand the point of Gerald. Why Gerald is funny? Yeah. And you reiterate it every time it comes up, and yet people still willfully think Gerald is just a funny person who like notices things in his pictures. Gerald, he's you talking about uh, email, let's, 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 let's let's clarify you know, Gerald the time guy versus Gary the internet privacy concern clown. Oh, you're right. Sorry, I was thinking. No, no, that's my bad. I concatenated them. But yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, they, Gary, they, they Gary is the similar. one who is genuinely concerned about your privacy because that's of what you posted. That's the thing about about Gary. The, the, he's the uh, privacy concern concern privacy clown, whatever his name is. Yeah. He actually is concerned. It's like, I just want you to know yeah. that if you look in the reflection of your teapot, I can see your balls. Mm-hmm.